Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. I'm a mom, physician assistant, writer, and life coach. Two years ago, I was feeling stuck, restless, overwhelmed, and I felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I had no idea what that even meant. And the crazy part is my life had turned out pretty awesome, at least on paper, but I couldn't figure out what was wrong or why I felt out of alignment. A series of books and podcasts and conversations changed my life and revealed my next journey one step at a time. My purpose right now is to help you wake up to your soul's purpose by sharing conversations with amazing women who've walked in your shoes. Keep listening and the answers to your next step will come, I promise. We're all here for a reason, and I'll help you figure out what that is so you don't have to waste another minute sleepwalking through your life. I definitely don't have it all figured out, so I'll also share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Are you at a point in your life where things aren't bad, but they're also not exactly how you want them? But the problem is you don't really know what you want. Maybe your job's not bad, but you also think, man, I don't know if I want to be there five years from now. So if things aren't going fabulously, then let's talk. Let's figure out what you can change, what you can't change, and how you might get to where you want to go. And if you don't know where you want to go, we'll figure that out. So schedule your complimentary discovery call. We'll talk, and it's sort of like having your own mini session. Um, You can email me at hope.cook at gmail.com or look me up on Instagram at coachhopecook. My website is also coachhopecook.com. Hello, listeners. I'm excited to have Kimberly Eclipse back. For those of you who've been longtime listeners, Kimberly was on episode 30. And at the time, we talked about how she'd gone from being an inner city teacher to a therapist to having a small business. And her journey has taken a few turns since then. So I wanted to have her back so she could tell us all about it. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you, Hope. It's so nice to be back to hear the the lovely Georgia accent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that every time, every time we talk. (laughs) All right. So Um, when we last spoke, you had a t-shirt, like sibling t-shirt business for little kids to like have matching, you know, t-shirts and onesies and things like that. So tell, and and I know at the time you were sort of um, interested in a lot of different things. And so tell us what happened since then. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot, a lot. I'm, I'm suddenly sweating, even though I know my own story and I'm, I'm good with it. Like I'm suddenly sweating, oh, don't sweat. uh, thinking about, well, because, you know, today, so a lot has ha- happened as we said. Um, but I think, one of the important reasons why I wanted to talk to you today is because that process of experimenting and all of life is an experiment, experimenting, pivoting, um, not being sure what you want to do, but you just know it's not this thing in front of you. Yeah. That whole process is very scary. It can be Mm -hmm. very scary. It can be very frustrating, especially if you've been trying to find your way for so long Yeah, and you're thinking, oh my I'm turning 42. Why haven't I figured this out yet? 
yes. you know, that sense of feeling behind. So I think my sweaty palms are, are a manifestation of that, even yeah. though I'm very much at peace with my journey, you know, it's not easy. And I, and I was thinking in preparation for today, thinking about this process of, you know, recharting your life, making big changes. Mm -hmm. It's, it, to me, it's like an onion, right? And this mm -hmm. onion that you just keep, you keep peeling back the layers and every step is another layer that you can remove and you can discover what's there, what feels more true for you, what feels more right. Mm -hmm. But an onion, it's like when you think of an onion, I mean, it stinks. It's kind of smelly. Makes you, know? you cry. It makes you cry. <laughs> it makes you cry. Damn. It's like the process makes you cry, right? But then, of course, we also know that we love, everybody loves onions, except for my husband. You know, he has an allergy, but, you know, we, we love onions. Like, it's the flavor. It's such a common seasoning and flavor yeah. that we put in our food, right? So the process is not always comfortable, but the reward is absolutely there. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, yeah, so Sibby Threads. Sibby Threads was the name of this sibling t-shirt brand that I had started when I was last speaking with you. And there was so much excitement around it. And still, when I think back to it, um, and I say back to it because I've since changed by my business. But when I think back to it, I have memories of having fun. It was really creative and there was a real buzz around it. In fact, I think a lot of people who listened to that podcast episode with you, episode 30, they were finding their way to my Instagram and following yeah. me there. And so, yeah, people were really responding. But you know what's funny? Sometimes you have an image in your mind of what something might be like and feel like, and maybe you're not so off the target, you know, mm -hmm. um, but then when you actually test it out and experience it in real life, it can be a little bit different than you thought, um, which yes. is good. That's right? so which true. You I will dream, real... dream and dream and dream of something. And that is so much fun to me. And then when I actually do mm -hmm. it, sometimes I'm like, oh, I have to do taxes around this thing. I have to like, <laughs> right, right. The real world. And this applies to anything, not just career. It's like marriage too. It's like, wait a minute now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly. dealing real, with a real person and our shadows and, and our issues. So, um, the thing with Sibby threads is while it was great for my creativity and I love the brands that I was building, the experience of running a product-based business didn't end up feeling like the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, my mind and my imagination kept thinking of ideas for a different kind of work. Yeah. Work where I was really working directly with people and dealing with their sense of well-being and their their happiness, mm -hmm. their sense of fulfillment. So, you know, you know, when when you're a brand and you're trying to think of what you want to put on Instagram, for example. Yes. You know, it's it's fun to do that, right? But instead of if, instead of finding like, let's say, quotes and visuals that supported the Sibby Threads brand, I kept thinking like, oh. you know, quotes that supported this other idea I had of helping people who were like me, who had struggles similar to mine, which in our last um, conversation was all around my sense of meekness, shyness, feeling small, yeah. feeling like I lacked the kind of baseline confidence that 
other people seem to have. Uh Um, And, and so, yeah, dealing with that personality type, that is the person that I wanted to serve because in healing that in me, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be a support for people who need, needed healing in that area as well. So my mind kept going there and, and you know, what's funny when I created Sippy Threads, it was the the culmination of a business program that I had graduated from. Mm-hmm. And in that program, they ha- they workshop your idea all the way through. And then at the end, you have some kind of business, you know, even if mm-hmm. it's just the basics. And when I was in that program, I started off wanting to help people with my personality type. Yeah, but I couldn't find I couldn't figure out a way to monetize it. I'm, I was like, well, I don't want to be a therapist again. I don't necessarily want to do spiritual retreats again, which I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I want to be in a teacher role. I've been that in the past. So yeah. I was like, what what do I do? I don't know how I can help these people outside of those ways. So, um, because I felt like, all right, well, I can't find an answer to that. Let me just take a hard pivot and do something completely different and out popped Sibby threads. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You did like a hand movement, like you just gave birth. (laughs) I, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I popped it out. I just pushed and squeezed it out. Um, so Yes. So, and, and the funny thing too, is when I chose to be threads, I mean, the enthusiasm was genuine, but in retrospect, if I think about, well, why did I leave that original idea? That Uh idea I came, you know, I came into the program with that passion. Why did I abandon the thing that I knew I was passionate about? And, and this is the the funny thing, our mind and our heart plays funny tricks, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking back, you know, why does a person abandon the thing they love? Why? And for me, it was fear because I yeah. thought, wait, I can't, how will I make money? Mm-hmm. How will I have a, make a living and care for my family? Let me do this product-based business because I know how products work. You sell them and people buy them. And yeah. they, they like how they look, they buy them. So that seems so black and white to me. So it felt more practical. Mm-hmm. And so I went in that direction and, and everyone loved designs too. So that helped. So that's where I went. But, you know, if anyone listening to this is thinking about what did I used to love? what What is the thing that like, no matter what the phase is in life or what season I'm in in life, this is the thing I keep coming back to. I love this. There's a reason why that is there yeah. in you. There's a reason why that passion or that interest and desire is in your heart, right? And if it if it stays throughout the years, there's like mm-hmm. some common thread, then that is something for you. That yeah. is something for you in your life. Um, and Can- so we want to be careful I'm sorry. No, I was going to tell you, um, this reminds me of one of my guests who's a writer, Suzanne Kingsbury, and she called it the boy next door. 
And she said for Mm. her writing was like the boy next door. Like she, you know, did all these different things. And, you know, if she goes with that analogy, it's like she dated other people and, but she eventually Mm. came back to the boy next door, which for her was writing. So for you, it's this personality, um, like helping other people with similar personalities. And we're going to hear more about your personality, but sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I also love that because I love, I I love boys. I'm so boy crazy. (laughs) So that metaphor resonates with me. I'm like, yes, you can't, you just can't get away from that boy next door. Uh Yeah. There's something and you can't describe it. It's like, yeah, you meet these other boys. They are also good looking. They're smart. They can make you laugh, but something about that boy next door. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't even put your finger on it. So I would say, you know, to anyone in struggling in this kind of situation, it's like, pay attention to that. Pay attention to that because it's telling you something. Um, But in any case, so when I look back and say, okay, that was a fear-based decision. I'm not going to judge myself though, because, you know, we all, we have to take care of people. We have to take care of ourselves. So that fear is natural. It wants to protect us. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that fear aside because I did follow that path and it didn't feel quite right. It wasn't traumatizing, but I knew something felt off. So I'm going to keep digging. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep pulling back those layers of the onion because I know there's more. I can feel it. And so... Wouldn't you know, Hope, you know where I have landed and I have shocked everyone in my life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm actually not that shocked because you used to talk about, for those of you who know what Enneagrams are, when I first met Kimberly, she was talking about, um, she's an Enneagram nine and I didn't really know what, I I know Enneagrams, but I didn't know um, what a nine meant. Um, but I remember you talked about it a lot. So yeah, keep going. <laughs> yes, yes. And the Enneagram, that that personality type, the type nine is a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. They tend to be um, very caring and they tend to, in their desire to keep and maintain relationships, they will sometimes forget themselves and uh, just yeah. be all about the other person and merge with that other person's needs and desires so much so that they become a little bit invisible and they lose, they lose touch with themselves. Um, so that's the personality construct that I wanted to support because I had grown so much in my life. Um, as that personality type, and I want to help other people. But you know, if it it's not going to be therapy, I didn't necessarily want to be an Enneagram coach. Yeah. Um, so I kept, you know, I was I was doing some old school stuff. I was just like journaling. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what do what do I like to do? What did I enjoy growing up when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. And I kept coming back to the world of mysticism. Mm-hmm. I've always, I grew up Catholic, Christian, church-going girl on Sundays, also Friday nights, <laughs> leading the worship team. I taught Sunday school for fourth grade. I, you know, I did all those things, but I also was drawn to the other outside of the box ways that I feel we are connected to our creator. Yeah. And so I would study, like, even as a kid, I would study palmistry and like I would get these books or handwriting analysis I mean that's not very mystical but again it's like 
a tool to understand personalities and understand yourself. And then I would, I had this book that seemed like it was, it's called The Secret Language of Birthdays. It's like this huge, fat, heavy book, beautiful. And it's this book where you would look up your date, your birthday. So August 14th for me. And then it would have a description of your personality. And I Hmm. found that 80% of the people I would look up, uh, the book was accurate. So I said, huh, that's interesting. I didn't have an, I didn't try to understand why it was accurate. But in this one summer when I was trying to explore, okay, what healing modality do I want to uh, use when supporting people of my personality type? I remembered this book, its accuracy, how much I loved it, was obsessed with it. I recommended it to everyone. Anyone knew I would meet or date, I'll look them up in the book. My, <laughs> my roommates, my roommate, college roommates, I would look them up in the book. And turns out when I looked deeper into it, I said, oh my gosh, this is astrology. And I said, no, no, no way. I I like astrology. No, that's not something that I really associated myself with, even though I was kind of into mysticism or even even Christian mysticism. I like mysticism in terms of all the world faiths. Yeah. But, um, you know, astrology has this reputation of being not just woo-woo, but like a pseudoscience, like only a Mm -hmm. fool would believe in anything like that. And, um, you know, I was on, I was on that boat as, as well. Cause I was like, well, according to astrology, I'm a Leo. Leos are so confident and they are so showy. They can be bossy. They like being the Mm -hmm. leaders. I'm like, I don't like any, none of that resonates with me at all yeah so I always dismissed astrology but because it was something I kept returning to even though I didn't call it astrology I was like let me um let me dig into this let me let my curiosity take me where it's going to take me yeah so I started studying it I started studying it and after studying it and realizing how accurate it is and um having my first astrology reading with the person who is now my master astrologer mentor it has helped me so much it has um brought a new sense of confidence and self-awareness in me and so i in the same way that i've kind of used astrology to build my confidence as a person who Mm -hmm. associated like i i feel like i'm a little lamb i don't feel like i'm a leo lion Mm -hmm. but astrology has helped me find that lion inside and so i love now being able to use astrology as this tool to build up people's confidence oh wow that's where i'm at that's where i'm at now okay so walk me through how did you end up closing your t-shirt business and then kind of spending a few months like figuring figuring out what you wanted to do or tell yes, me how that yes. worked. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I closed Sibby Threads because I didn't want to continue, um, you know, with the orders and shipping yeah. those out. And it was just too much. Um, so I closed that down. And yeah, I would say over the course of, um, I don't know, maybe seven months, I was exploring what else I might want to do. What was that like when you were like, when every, you know, quote unquote, everybody was asking you like, so what are you doing now? And 
I don't know. Did you go through a period yeah. where you felt kind of lost and where you were like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I decided to keep very quiet. Yeah. Because previously, you know, I, I feel like I'm an open book in a lot of ways. And I was very open about my journey to Sibby Threads. Mm-hmm. But because I was uncertain at this, at that, during that time period, I was, I just said, you know, no one needs to know exactly where I am in my journey. I need to know where I am. Yeah, I, I need to have a compass, my inner wisdom, my intuition. I need to be in touch with that. Nobody else needs to know what that journey looks like. And then when I feel really confident, confident about who I am and what I'm going to do, then I'll be more open. Um, so there was a long, you know, several months time where I didn't really tell anyone what I was doing. I just kept Mm -hmm. quiet. I didn't say anything at all. I just talked about other things out, (laughs) not my career or business. Um, but now I'm, I've, now that I've worked with several clients, um, and helped many people, I am ready to say, mom, dad, I'm sorry to tell you this. I have two master's degrees, one of which I'm still paying for. Yeah. But uh, I'm an astrologer now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and what did your, like, what did your family say or your husband or? Yeah. Um, Everyone has had different reactions. (laughs) Right. So like my, my mom, for example, was saying, you know, you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. That's what my mom said. We were talking about this. My mom said, hope that's devil worship, witchcraft. Well, you you know, it's funny, you know, that big, beautiful astrology book that I was telling you about. Yeah. I actually threw it away at one point because I was like, Oh, I think this is something that I shouldn't be toying with, shouldn't be messing with, um, because of where I was at my faith in my faith at the time, I threw it away. And then like years later, I kept thinking about that book. And so I bought it again. <laughs> um, you know, it, I, and it has been a struggle for me in terms of my faith, because I still consider myself a Christian. Yeah. Some people might not consider me a Christian because they're like, well, you're into all that stuff. Um, so there's no way that you are a Christian, but let me tell you what, I know I'm a Christian and this is how I know it's because when I am exploring all these different modalities and the woo woo things, Mm -hmm. right. I feel like I am a bilingual person, an American who has become an expat. I live abroad. Mm-hmm. Because I love exploring new territories and always being delighted and surprised. Um, but you can't tell me that I'm no longer an American. Yeah. You can't tell me that I was not raised American, that I don't have like some part of that American culture in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know. And so that's kind of like the metaphor that I mm-hmm. drew for myself because I was having like a spiritual crisis about yeah. this a little bit. Especially growing up so Catholic and with your mom being like, not sure about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I had to reconcile all of this within myself. And I had finally recently actually come up with that metaphor to explain Mm -hmm. to myself who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so people can say anything about me and based on their faith, you know, but I know for me that even though I... I have interest in all different religions. I've studied different religions and I'm into some of these more metaphysical arts and things like that. 
I know that when I hear like a scripture verse, that's what makes me cry. Yeah. I, I, I read, you know, quotes from other faiths. They are beautiful. I love them. They're so poetic. They move me. But I know what makes me cry. And when mm -hmm. I hear like, just like, um, it could be a gospel song mm -hmm. or just like a Bible verse. And it makes me cry because that's my homeland, mm -hmm. right? I love that's that. my homeland, right? So yeah, that's where I am. So when my mom was like, Kim, what are you doing? You have to be careful. I was just like, mom, I got this. Yeah, I got this. I know what feels right for me. And that's, yeah, I was going to say, I can tell that this feels like it's in alignment with who you are. You seem like you're um, even though you say you're not confident like a Leo, you seem like this is a really good fit. Yes. And that is probably the, you know, so my, my, some of my family members, I think were a little bit worried for me. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of other people who said, you know what, that fits you exactly. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that even though I'd never talked to them before about astrology and they don't even really know a lot about some of these things that I'm into on the side, they, they just said, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense actually. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really affirming. And I will say also, you know, just speaking of astrology and birth charts, um, just so people know really quick, the concept of your birth chart is where all the planets and everything in the sky was at the very moment that you were born. And that the idea is that, you know, each planet and each, um, you know, luminary in the sky has a certain energy. And that energy is like part of your blueprint. Mm -hmm. It was the energy that you first met when you were born, when you emerged as a body I think you know, that's from your beautiful. mother. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, when I look at people's birth chart and when I look at mine, I can see it's almost like one of those black and white cookies. You uh -huh. know, there's like the white frosting side and the chocolate frosting side. Yeah. I see that in my own birth chart. I see, you know, this Libra Enneagram nine soft, you know, meek energy. But then the other half of my birth chart is Leo. It is fire. It is Sagittarius. And I can see all these connections also in terms of like having a connection with spirituality and education exploration. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, it's, um, you know, when I look at a birth chart or when I look at my, at mine, it's not about like, oh, who is the, who is the biggest, baddest, boldest person in the room? That's how you know who's confident. Confidence is not mm -hmm. like that. Confidence is, do you know who you are? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, do you know who you are? Yeah. And are you at peace with who you are? That makes sense. And also knowing yourself. So even, even though some people, critics may say, oh, you could apply those generic qualities to anybody, you know, like when you read your mm -hmm. horoscope or something, um, I think it's just whatever resonates with you. Like if something in your astrology chart or your horoscope or your palm reading or whatever, whatever book you're reading, if that resonates with you, it's just a way to to touch base with your inner self, to touch base with um, who you are at your core. And if it doesn't resonate, then it's, it's fine. Yeah, I agree completely. And it kind of goes back to that metaphor of like, I am bilingual, right? Um, we don't have to speak 
the same language in order to know that we are both speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no language is more true than another language. That's just two people from different countries who speak different languages. So I see, you know, all these tools, Enneagram, astrology, psychology, religion, they are tools. They are tools to know ourselves deeply, to know where we come from, to know who we are at our core, Mm -hmm. and to know what our significance is Mm -hmm. in this life. You know, and so that's where that confidence comes from, no matter if you are, you know, a more bold, fiery person, or you're someone who is more meek and mild. And, you know, it's funny, Hope, you say like, oh, right now I, I seem confident. I don't seem like a little you know, flower against the wall. And it's because what we're talking about now, I know this because I've experienced this. Mm -hmm. This is my, this is my life. And this is what I know from experience. So I can speak from a place of confidence. Now, if you put me like in a room where I have to do math or, uh, or I don't know, you know, talk to strangers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) people I don't know, and just feel like I might not want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it's because you're confident in, in the things, you know, yeah. right? because you've practiced them, you know them. And it's the same thing, you know, in terms of just confidence in general, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? So that when your mom says, are you sure about this? You say, yes, mom, I am sure. Mm-hmm. And there is no need to defend, you know, yeah. or it's- get the sweaty palms. It's like, I know, actually. Yeah, I know this is true. Kimberly has a podcast too, um, Meek Not Weak. And I was listening to when you were describing how you used to feel like a piece of seaweed. I love your metaphor. So can you, (laughs) do you remember the seaweed analogy? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a few years ago, before COVID, right before COVID, I was in therapy because there were a lot of issues in my life that were... there were lots of areas in my life I'll say that I was struggling in um, at once. So I was in therapy and then I said that I feel like I'm a piece of seaweed. I feel like I'm, I'm just floating back and forth with the current that I don't have my own. um, I don't have my own identity. I don't have my, a firm grasp on who I am and what I want. Instead, I just kind of go along with what others want, especially Mm -hmm. people who have a stronger personality than mine. Um, And so it was just this feeling of, wow, how did I end up here? I think it was uh, my late thirties, maybe um, feeling like I'm a piece of seaweed. I'm an adult and yet I feel lost and out of Mm -hmm. touch. Um, And I could see the manifestation of that in my life problems raising my kids in my marriage with my husband and just our career and home life. Um, so it was a very, very low place for me. And it was at the time the Enneagram was helping me, you know, kind of find my power as an, as a type nine. So mm-hmm. at that time it was therapy and the Enneagram that was really helping me out of that. And years Unless- later it became astrology that was helping me. So tell people who don't know, like who's never done an Enneagram test, like how might doing a personality test kind of empower you? 
So there are many different kinds of assessments out there, and I think they all have their different strengths. What I like about the Enneagram is that it tells you who you are when you're on autopilot, Mm. when you're not being mindful. It's like who you naturally are and how you naturally act when you're not putting a lot of thought behind it. That's a good way Um, to word it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason why you're on autopilot is because you have these either unconscious or slightly conscious core fear, core fears or desires. Mm. And so those are the things that kind of motivate your behavior without you even thinking about it. Yeah. Right. So, so a type two, the helper, for example, everyone loves type twos because they are oftentimes helpful and friendly. They are givers. That's me, but we often, we often burn out. (laughs) That's true. Yes. So when you are acting from when you're not very conscious, you will burn out because the fear is that if you're not helpful, if you're not giving, then you will not be loved. Mm -hmm. People will not like you. You will not have your seat at the table. So on this unconscious level, you become very helpful or maybe cheery, even like really friendly, wanting to make those connections. And um, so there are a number of beautiful qualities that you may exhibit naturally, but there is this other side that you just want to be careful of because when you are on, again, on autopilot and not thinking mindfully, not not questioning, okay, Mm -hmm. should I help in this situation or will it deplete me? Am I giving too much? You know, am I becoming resentful Mm -hmm. because I give and give and then people are not giving back? You know, when you don't ask those kinds of questions, you will kind of experience that lower part of the type two, which can feel like they're depleted or they're resentful. So I love the Enneagram because it there are these nine personality types and um, you have acts, you, you really have all of the nine types within mm-hmm. you, but there's one, there's one primary one. And so I like the Enneagram because it's a very practical tool um, that shows you, okay, what can I do so that I'm in the higher side of my type as opposed to operating from the lower side? Yeah, it's a very practical thing. And it's, you can do a free test. I've got a link on um, my website to one. And do you have a free one that you recommend? Um, oh gosh, off the top of my head, no, but I can send you a link. I I forget the name of it, but there is one that I use. Most of the tests though, only have like an 80% accuracy rate, if Mm -hmm. that, sometimes lower. And the reason is because, you know, when you self-score, you're That's biased, true. of course, That's true. Right? You're like, I want to be a whatever, a helper. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. Exactly. I was so bummed when I was in a two. I was like, what the bleep? What the bleep? I'm not a two. Oh, man. Because I think there are some cultural expectations of women. That is Like funny. women are very prized when they're a two. So I'm like, damn it, I'm not a two. Um, but most people will recommend, like most Enneagram experts will recommend that you read all the descriptions and then see which one resonates most. Oh, yeah. As but you can read, there are many books out there and you can read and then mm-hmm. there are online sites also where you can read through all the descriptions. And what you can do is like identify 
the top two, maybe three that resonate with you most. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of like your own journey to discover which one really am I? Yeah. Um, it's also like so. doing um, strength finders or mm -hmm. your love language or any of those things. It's just a way to get to know yourself deeper. And it can also help you get to know your boss or your coworkers or your spouse and sort of figure out um, what lights them up, how their personality is. It helped me relate to my husband so much more because he's an Enneagram one, which means, um, I don't know the whole description, but he's a very black and white thinker. There's not really a lot of gray, you know? So he also thinks that people should follow rules. Like if, you know, if there are traffic rules, why in the world would you not follow the rules? And I'm like, well, you know, they're kind of suggestions. And so that create, you know, yeah, <laughs> just for an yeah. example, that could create a lot of, <laughs> a lot of issues when you're driving or whatever. So, um, Anyway, that's just a side note on Enneagrams and how they may be useful in your relationships. Yeah, I also found that it was really helpful um, understanding my boss yeah. and form, former coworkers. And then I could see why there was so much tension between us at the time uh -huh. because, you know, an eight wants to go. They want to lead, take charge. And then here I was a nine saying like, I just want to be in the peaceful little Zen bubble. So <laughs> I hope no one minds that I just, <laughs> I just want to work and like, you know, be on my own and be friendly and go at my slow pace. <laughs> They're like, no, because, you really can't. <laughs> but it's fascinating, Kimberly, how you have made a career out of this. So you went from, I mean, you've, you've done a lot of different things, but when you felt like, okay, I found my tribe, my fellow nines out there, like you started a podcast and you, were you doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with nines at that time? Um, no, I, I knew I did not want to be a coach for nines necessarily. Um, but I just, I just like working with that personality type. Yeah. So I, I experimented with a couple of different business ideas and offerings, but the, I was quick to realize now it doesn't really meet, you know, it's not a good match for my strengths. So, you know, now I do the astrology readings, but I also started to blend astrology with the Enneagram. That's cool. So yeah. Yeah. What I like to do is I, you know, the, the Enneagram is in a lot of ways, a mask because mm -hmm. it's the way that we have determined we need to be in order to really thrive in the real world. So you're born with a temperament, right? And mm -hmm. any mom, any mom knows that when your baby comes out, like they're so different one from the other, they're, they are, they have a temperament, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what we're looking at in astrology wow. because we're looking at that temperament. Um, and so the Enneagram is that layer on top of the temperament. Okay. Uh, so what I like to do when I do, I mean, I do birth chart readings and then I do Enneagram readings. Uh, and I also do HSP readings, people who are highly sensitive, highly sensitive people. Mm -hmm. So I look at who you are on that temperament astrology level, who, what you were born with, and then that layer on top. So your Enneagram type or, you know, what, whatever. And I work with all types, not just nines. Um, and then we compare them. How, how different is the, your temperament and your core from the expression of your outward personality? 
That's fascinating. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's really similar. You are truly express expressing that natural temperament. Mm-hmm. But for other people, it's so fascinating because I find that the way they've chosen to present themselves is actually very different from their natural born temperament. Mm-hmm. And when I bring that up to them in the uh, Enneagram astrology reading, they say, you know what? Yes, I was different as a child, but mm-hmm. somehow along the way, I decided that's not going to work anymore. So I'm going to shape shift and I'm going to change. So, so that's why I like using astrology and the Enneagram together. Mm. How does it change? Sorry. I was going to say, how does it change clients? Um, like, does it change their lives from what you've seen? So what I've noticed is almost everyone I work with, they start to cry. They just Mm. cry when they receive their reading because it's like they feel so seen and heard, but they also feel so validated. I think what I love about astrology is that we all have that gut instinct or intuition. We have that knowing inside of us of like who we are, what we love, what we want to do. But there's so much conditioning that we lose touch with that or we like say that's not as valuable. It's not Mm. that valuable to be creative or to be spiritual or to be artistic. I'm going to do this other thing. Or, you know, it could be anything. I I love working with type nines, even though I work with all types, but there are some type nines who they are so fiery on that base level circuit on that base level. Um, And then when I tell them that this is what I see in your chart, they remember how they were as a kid, they remember being able to express themselves. They remember having stronger opinions. Yeah. But then they they have to mute them because of their family dynamics mm-hmm. or you know those important initial relationships growing up. So I think the big takeaway that a lot of people have after a reading is like I knew it. I knew that's what in, was inside of me. I just didn't want it to be true or forgot that it was true or other people told me that shouldn't be true. Mhm. So it's like a big boost to your sense of self-trust. Yeah, that makes sense. And from sense. that comes the confidence. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's how I like to use astrology, especially for people like me who have this lifetime and this baggage around not feeling comfortable in my own skin and mm. feeling very inferior when I compare my myself and my strengths to other people's strengths. Yeah, that's so powerful because so many people go through their lives not feeling comfortable in their own skin and just not admitting to themselves like this doesn't feel right. Um, And they may not do that until they're 60 years old. And by then it's, you know, most of their life has already passed. True. It's true. Yeah. And some people don't ever um, express the truth of themselves in in their whole life. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it it takes so much courage and it's like, you know, it, it, it makes me so sad to think about that particular struggle of not mm-hmm. really being yourself, not mm-hmm. not feeling like you can present your truest self to the world or even to your loved ones, mm-hmm. even to yourself. You know, you, you have people who 
they're they're so blocked, you know, like they've kind of blocked off their emotions mm-hmm. um, because it's so painful to be mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so they've been hurt be or they're so afraid of getting hurt. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and the that we all hear that the number one regret of the dying is you didn't live a life true to yourself. And it's yeah. not just it's not just an, a saying, it is like all these hospice patients were interviewed and their number one regret was that they didn't live a life true to themselves. So whether it's through therapy or journaling or whatever modality you choose to use, it's so important to do that work, even though it can be painful, but to learn um, what's, what's deep inside. What, what needs to be spoken inside of you? Yes, yes. And it is so hard. I mean, I, I'm here talking with you, you know, spewing my, you know, my life story and my area of expertise, but I'm not going to lie. I still struggle with speaking my truth. And that yeah. is part of my journey. Like uh-huh. that's one of the things I can even see it in my birth chart, not to bring it back to that, but it's there as well. That part of what I need to learn in this lifetime is like being able to shine, being to be able, being able to express myself. And, um, and we all have something unique to us that we are meant to grow into. Mm -hmm. Um, There's all of us have a different theme, but no matter what that theme is, I think it does come back to that number one regret of the dying of like being your true self. Mm-hmm. It is the ultimate journey and the ultimate destination. Mm-hmm. And it is only in being our true selves and like really embracing whatever that is, like the good and the bad, not just the good, right? Mm-hmm. It's like embracing all of that it's the only way that we can really shine. It's Mm -hmm. the only way that we can really give in a way that feels good for the giver yourself and the receiver, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So yeah, I I love, I love that book and I love the work around that, that book. So many good ones. And you know, if you're, um, you know, deep inside, if you're in alignment or not, you know, if you're living a life true Mm -hmm. to yourself, my husband, the other day said, um, your eyes are sparkling. Your eyes. (laughs) And he said, when I first met you, your eyes were sparkling. And I'm like, did they stop? And he's like, well, they can't, I mean, you know, then he's kind of stuck and stumbling, but I knew what he meant. Like it, I think my eyes did stop sparkling for a long time. And Wow. You know, it's something you have to keep rediscovering though. Yeah. I love that. He said that to you. Isn't that <laughs> the ultimate compliment? I feel like I'm going to cry. I'm not even you. I like, I feel like I'm receiving that compliment as well, because I think even as children, like that's what you want to see. That's how, you know, you're hitting a home run with yeah. someone like when there's that sparkle in their eye, because they are so free. Mm-hmm. They they are so free. Now I'm I'm curious, like, why do you think he was seeing that sparkle in your eye? What was happening? Well, we were hiking and connecting and talking about our dreams, and you know, I think it was just like, yeah, you're fully alive right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I think when we first met, you know, it was excitement about the future and also feeling connected and, and just feeling fully alive. And we can't be turned on all the time necessarily. So you'll find yourself dimming (laughs) at different points and then you have to find a way to light yourself back up again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. And I'm happy for you that you had that moment with him (laughs) and that he saw that spark. It's funny though, Kimberly, just to be fully transparent, then the next, like we didn't sleep that night. We backpacked, we slept in a tent, barely slept freezing. And the next morning I get up and I've got like mascara smudged all on under my eyes and I'm hangry and cold. And I was like, I bet my eyes aren't sparkly now, are they? I, yes, I know. I know. And and I do want to like cast a light on that darker side and that, you know, whatever it is, it could be dark night of the soul as serious as that, or it can just be like, listen, I'm tired and I'm stressed and you kids are making me crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I find that I get so much from being in navigating the dark sides of myself. Like I, I love the sparkle. I love the glow. And I think we should all be moving towards that. But man, like anyone I know who is just awesome, like literally freaking awesome. It's because they've done their work with their shadow mm-hmm. side. Right. So I love that part too. And, you know, you, you shared a, an intimate moment with your husband the other night with me and my husband you know, I'm someone who, because I like to try to keep the peace, that's how Mm -hmm. I am on autopilot. I will really censor a lot of what I say. And to the point where I'm like, I, I will one day say this to my husband, but I'm going to say it. I I have to craft it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I don't make him upset. And then, uh, you know what, I'm going to tell him at the exact perfect time, like maybe like sometime in the spring of 2025 <laughs> like that's how <laughs> that's, that's, so funny. How, that's how much I plan things but the other day we were you know we were in bed and we were kind of argue not arguing but like really saying some hard truths right yeah and he was and he was like saying why are you saying all this now and I said because I had this great astrology reading with my my mentor (laughs) and so now all these issues are like on my mind they're very fresh right now and so then right you know I was exhausted it was so late at night and then he asked me a question and I think because I was so tired the truth accidentally slipped out and so I said something that was I didn't want to say it because it was that kind of truth bomb that like uh, it, 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 it's going to explode. So yeah. people are going to be hurt. Right. So I said the thing by accident, cause I was so tired. And then I saw a flash of green light suddenly. And then I went into the most peaceful sleep immediately. It was like, and, and green, green is associated with Archangel Raphael with this healing. Yeah. This, this energy. Um, and so for me, when that happened, I was like, my, my soul was at peace because Ah. there was something I wasn't really, really being truthful about and honest about. And when I said it, it was like green healing. Interesting. Yes. You were supposed to finally say that. And then I went into the deep sleep because it was like, 
wow, your soul just like had a growth spurt. So yeah. you need to rest now. My husband was like, you said that thing. And then you immediately started snoring. That is so <laughs> I was funny. Like, yeah, because I, I feel like that was it. That that was all I was meant to give. That was all I could give. And then, um, yeah, so I totally was acting out of my nature. And then he, he's someone who, he is very fiery and he doesn't like to... Um, you know, he doesn't like to let things go and sleep on it. He likes to fight it out. Right. Uh -huh. But then he was left awake, couldn't sleep. He couldn't argue with me because I was <laughs> snoring immediately. So he had to do something really uncomfortable for him, which is think about it. Yeah. Just think and don't talk. Wow. And, you know, he had to be quiet. The kids were sleeping, so he couldn't like you know, be angry and throw something. Right. <laughs> he couldn't do his usual, you know, expression of his frustration. He had to be someone different in that moment because yeah. we were all asleep. And so that that's what I mean when I say like, wow, those, those dark valleys, man, mm -hmm. they lead to breakthroughs. So I love those dark valleys, even though they kick my butt. <laughs> Well, I can't wait for our listeners to get an astrology reading. <laughs> Tell me it's where so they crazy. Did you ever think you would ever be saying that hope? I I like I know. My, I'm even... gonna have to make sure my mom won't, doesn't download this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me where they can find you. Is it Instagram? Is it do you have a website? Yeah. So people can find me on my website. It's KimberlyEclipse.com. And I just love, by the way, that my last name is actually Eclipse and I'm an astrologer. It's like, that was just destiny. It right was. <laughs> it's not a stage name. That's literally on my birth certificate. Stage name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so KimberlyEclipse.com or you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Kimberly.Eclipse. And so people can book a reading. I love to do an offer also for your audience. Um, I'll I'll set up a, a code so that yeah. they would just use the code HOPE10 for 10% off a reading. Awesome. People who sign up for my newsletter will also automatically get 10% and they can add that oh, cool. 10% off when they when they check out. Um, so yeah. And I then your podcast, Meek, Meek Not oh, Week. Yes. Yes, Meek Not Weak is my podcast. Yay. And it started off as an Enneagram 9 podcast, but now I talk to everyone who identifies with being meek, but not wanting to be weak. Mm -hmm. Love that. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to see you and talk to you again. Yes. Here are the take-home messages from Kimberly's talk. Number one, searching for your thing can be very scary and can generate a sense of being behind. Instead, think of everything in life as being an experiment. Number two, look at life like an onion. Each layer reveals more of what's true to you or for you. The process isn't always comfortable, but you'll be rewarded with each new layer. Number three, trying something out can feel exciting and creative at first, but when you actually implement it, it might not be what you imagined. Give yourself grace to pivot. Number four, notice if you're dragging your feet about doing something. It might be that this thing is out of alignment with your true self. 
Number five, let your curiosity take you where it wants to go instead of trying to look down the road and micromanage where it's leading you. Number six, use your inner compass. Don't feel like you need to inform others about where you you are on your journey until you are good and ready. Number seven, confidence comes from knowing yourself deeply. Number eight, you're born with a temperament. This is part of who you are down to your core. Ask yourself how different your natural temperament is from your external or your social self that you show others. This is like shape-shifting, and it can mean that you're out of alignment. There is so much conditioning, we we lose touch with our true selves. Number nine, being true to yourself is the ultimate destination. Embrace the good and the bad. It's the only way we can truly shine and share this light with others. And lastly, the sparkles of life are awesome, but don't forget about all the treasures in the dark shadows of your life. Dark valleys lead to breakthroughs. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.